So right now, uh, I'll ask you to go to the book of uh, Philippians, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. This is where I want to um, go today with the message. So Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 through 14. So I pray that you have your Bibles at home and open it in the book of Philippians chapter 3. And in respect of the word of God, I'll ask you if you can stand as we read God's word. Amen. So, praise God. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 reads like this. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for being our precious price. And I thank you, Lord, for the calling that you have in our life. And I thank you, Father God, that you are Father, that we can come to you anytime with our needs, Father God, and to spend time with you, Lord. I pray that you will take control of this service that your Holy Spirit move in this place, that your Holy Spirit move in every home that is watching right now, that your Holy Spirit just do what he wants to do today in our life. Put your words in my mouth, and I just praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So last week, I talked about the things that follow you and how the things that follow you are a telltale sign of who you are. And as a believer, there are certain things that should be following us, right? If you didn't see the message, I would encourage you to go back and look it up in our YouTube channel and watch it. But today, I'm going to talk about what is in front of you. What is in front of you and how also what you have in front of you defines who you are. So the question for us today is what is in front of you today. See, many people make the mistake of living in the past. Recently, I had to go through a very difficult situation, and as I went through that difficult situation, one of the hardest things for me to do was that I was spending a lot of time thinking about the past and going of what if, what if I should have done this, what if I had done this, what if I didn't do this, and the problem with that is that after you spend minutes or even hours in your mind going through that, you go back to the present and nothing has changed. All you have done is wasting energy and time. So the problem is that some people live in the past beating themselves up for past mistakes. And others live in the past reliving their past victories or successes longing for those days to come back. But what is the word of God telling us? So I want you to go back again to Philippians 3. And we're going to go through those scripture again. But before we do that, let me give you a little bit of context. So this uh, letter was written by Paul from a prison cell. And just before the text that we just read, Paul is recounting his previous past, his successes, how he was a Hebrew of Hebrews, how well he was a master of the law, how much zeal he had for God. And then he says, I count all those things as garbage. 
this garbage so that I may know the Lord Christ and the power of his resurrection. So that is kind of where he's going with this. So let's look at verse 13 again. Philippians 3, 13 again. It says, brethren or brothers, I count not myself to have apprehended or grasped. So what Paul is saying here is, I have not obtained the goal yet. I have not grasped it. I have not reached it. So it's the first thing that we must keep in mind, whether you have been saved for one day or you have been walking with the Lord for 50 years, you have not reached the goal yet. You must keep moving. You must keep moving. And that is what Paul is saying in the following sentence. He says, but this one thing I do, this one thing I do, notice that he's laser focused. He has only one thing in mind. That's the second thing I want you to remember. I want you to remember to be focused because there are so many distractions going on today. We are just filled with distractions. Our phones, our tablets, our TVs, everywhere you go, there is music, there's sound, advertisement. Our days are bombarded with messages coming left and right from everywhere. So it's easy to get distracted, but the word is telling us here through the Apostle Paul that he has one thing in mind. So he's focused. He's focused on this one thing. Let's keep going. It says, for one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind. This doesn't mean that you're going to forget your past. I don't, I don't think anybody can do that. No, the point here is not is that you should not dwell in the past. You should not live in the past. Stop living in the past. Because there's nothing we can do about the past. It's gone. Whatever you did is done. Whatever you didn't do, you can forget about it. So relieving the past is what the world is asking us. To forget those things which we are left behind. Not to dwell in the past. So listen carefully. I don't want you to misunderstand me. The word of God sometimes tells us that we must remember. Remember all the things that God has done for us in our lives. And that is a good thing to do. To remember his promises and remember how he has carried you through difficult situations. What he doesn't want us to do is just to stay in the past. And relieve every moment, every mistake that you have made. It is okay to meditate on your mistakes so you can learn from them. But you must not stay in that. We cannot live in the past and let the past hinder us from moving forward. Let's continue. It says, so forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before or in front of me. Can you picture Paul's attitude? Can you picture his position? He's not just sitting back, waiting. He's actually reaching forth in an attitude of eagerness, an attitude of um, urgency. He's not allowing the past to hold him back. And he's not just standing there and waiting. He's actually reaching forth. And that is the attitude which you have. And that is the four things I want you to remember. We should be reaching forward to what is in front of you. 
But what is this, what is the focus of Paul's attention? And what is he so eagerly reaching for? That is the question. And he answered it for us. You look at verse 14. It says, I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He's pressing forward. Again, can you sense Paul's eagerness, sense of urgency? He's not simply waiting for the Lord to take him home. And he's not afraid. He's pressing. He's pressing towards, but he's pressing towards what? The mark, the mark of what? The mark for the price. Which price? The price of the high calling. The high calling of whom? Of God in Christ Jesus. That is the focus of Paul's attention. That is where he's heading. That is what he's reaching forward to. He's pressing. He's got a sense of urgency. He's not just sitting. And remember, he is in a prison cell. Okay? But his attitude is one of pressing forward, even as he wastes his future. He doesn't know. We know what happened now. But he didn't know at the time he was writing this. But his attitude is one of pressing forward towards that price. Leaving things behind and staying focused on the price of the high calling. And it is a high calling because it comes from God. The high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This should be exciting for us. At home, you should be shouting. I hear people shouting in the sanctuary. <laughs> Maybe not. But this should excite us. When I read these verses, I got excited. I got excited. There is a high calling that God has placed in your life. And there is a price. There is a price that it is that reaching Christ Jesus so what should be in front of us, the question is, what is in front of you? As a believer, what should be in front of us, what should be the focus of our attraction is the high calling that God has placed in our life. You, just like myself, have a high calling from God. The calling is not just for pastors or evangelists or Sunday school teachers. For everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord. Anyone that has given his life to the Lord, God has placed a high calling upon their life. And it's our job as believers to stay focused on that high calling and to press towards the mark. Press, it requires work, eagerness, sense of urgency. Yes, you might have done great things in the past. Great, move, move. Don't dwell in the past. Press forward and reach forward towards that mark of the high calling that has that God has placed in your life. So we have to ask ourselves, what is ahead of us? Are we living in the past, or are we eagerly reaching towards that high calling? If maybe it's our career that is in front of us, that is the focus of our attention. Maybe it's our family. Our family can also be something that can place us away from God. So what is the focus? Is it a sports? Is it something else? What is the focus? What is the thing that is in front of you that you are reaching towards? I want to turn to another portion of scripture for just a moment so that hopefully I can make this point come across more clearly from a different angle. So if you 
would like, please go to the book of Psalms, chapter 92, and we're going to read verses 12 and 14. Psalm 92, verses 12 and 14. Psalm 92, and hopefully I'll find it myself. We're going to read uh, verses 12 through 14. It says like this, the word of God reads like this. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in all age that shall be fat and flourishing. So I believe I have a picture. There it is. That's the day palm tree that grows in the desert in the Middle East. And when the scripture talks about palm tree, usually referring to this palm tree right here. And the scripture many times compares the righteous man with trees. And in this particular example, I want to focus on the palm tree. The palm tree can flourish in the desert, as you can see, because it has deep roots. And it can grow tall and live for a long time. And the fruit is a very valuable item that is sought after in, uh, in those parts of the world. Palm trees grow straight. And as they grow, they put out their branches. They snout their branches outward, as you can see. In the next year, they continue to grow. But something curious happens. The branches that were there from last year, they die and fall off. And new ones start growing. And the process continues. The next year, it continues to grow. The branches from last year, they fall off. New ones come out. And I think there is a beautiful picture of the believer. As we are moving with our eyes on heaven and on God, we should be growing. And just like the palm tree can flourish in the desert, we as believers can flourish. Maybe the desert is the economy. Maybe economically speaking, you are in the desert right now. Maybe you have been unemployed. Or maybe physically speaking, you're in the desert because you're suffering an illness. Yet the Bible says that you're planted in the Lord, you can flourish just like the palm tree is flourishing in the desert. If your sight is towards God and towards heaven, towards the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And just like the palm tree can continue growing tall in the middle of the desert, so can you. Again, if you forget those things which are behind, reaching forth towards those things which are ahead of you and pressing forward. And as believers, as a church, we are called. That is our high calling. Our call as churches to be palm trees in the middle of a desert. The desert is the world right now. And if you haven't noticed, there's a lot of mess going around. The world is full of rage, violence, division, discouragement, fear, loveliness. But you as a believer, as part of the church, you are called to be this palm tree so that you can bring forth your fruit. And what is the fruit? You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The things the world cannot give you or offer you are the things that you are called as part of the church to be. You're called to be like the palm tree. Whenever the world and somebody approaches you, you should bring forth your fruit. And that is the high calling that God has placed on the life of every believer. And that should be the thing that is in front of us. That should be the focus of our attention. That should be what we are reaching forward or towards force to, to get pressing, pressing. As a church, we should be pressing towards that. So let's remember the points that I just made. One, you are not done yet. That's a great thing. You are not done yet. You have to keep moving. Number two, you need to stay focused. Don't let yourself be distracted by the things of this world. Number three, do not live in the past. Don't dwell. Don't let the past hold you back for what God has for you today. Reach forth to what lays ahead of you. And what that should be is the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Again, that should excite you. That you have a high calling from God. God himself has called you. Who am I, says the, the word of God, that you're mindful of me? Who are we? We're nothing. I said it many times. I'm nobody. Without Christ, I'm nobody. I'm just a lump of clay. But when the Holy Spirit empowers you and fills you, you can be like the palm tree in the middle of the desert. And you can flourish irrespective of your circumstances. You can flourish in the middle of a bad economy. You can flourish in the middle of a serious illness. And God can use you to bring forth that fruit that the world so desperately needs right now. That is the high calling that God has placed in the life of every believer. So what is in front of you right now? Is the past in front of you? If your work in front of you? Your children, your family that in front of you? Or is the high calling that God has put in your life what is in front of you, in front of you? And are you pressing? Are you pressing towards that mark? Or are you just sitting idle there waiting for the wheels to go around and round or the things to happen? So I don't know who's watching right now, but if you do not have the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, if you don't have a personal relationship with Christ, then what lays ahead of you is nothing but condemnation. And that is not something that I'm saying. That's what the Word of God says. Listen, the Word of God says that those who believe shall be saved, but those who don't believe shall be condemned. And those are words from God. If you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, then what lays ahead of you is condemnation and eternal suffering. That's the bad news. But I have good news for you. Today you can change what's ahead of you. And it's very easy. All you have to do is recognize that you have done wrong against God. We call that sin in the church. And you have to recognize that there's nothing you can do on your own. That you are in need of a Savior. And the Savior is Jesus Christ. And if you do that, 
And if you allow him to come into your life, I can guarantee you, there's a few, few guarantees in the world, but I can guarantee you that he will reveal himself to you personally, just like he has revealed himself to me and to many other believers that I know around the world. If that is you today, that's all you have to do right now. Cry out to God and say, God, I'm sorry that I messed up and I'm in need of a Savior. And I accept your son as my Savior. Let him come into my life. And if you do that, the word said that you are saved. And angels are having a, a, a praise party up there in heaven. If that is you, let me know. I'm Pastor Carlos, Jesus Very First Assembly of God. Reach out to us here. I would love to speak to you about Jesus. Maybe you don't understand everything that was spoken here. It doesn't matter. If you were sincere with that prayer, the Lord will reveal himself to you. And I would love to speak to you. If that is you, reach out to me. Now, for the believers, if you're a believer right now, I just want you to join me in prayer. If you have a space or a place in your home to kneel, I will encourage you to kneel before God and just close your eyes and let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word is true. I thank you because your word is like a, a double-edged sword that pierces, Father God, through flesh, bone, the marrow, and goes down into the deep of our soul and can reveal, Father God, what is there, what is lacking, and what is holding us back, Father God. And we have a question. What is in front of us right now? Lord, I pray that you will reveal that right now through your Holy Spirit. To anyone that's listening to me right now. That will reveal to your Holy Spirit what is in front of them right now. And if that is not the high calling, oh God. Then I pray that your Holy Spirit will convict every believer right now that is focusing on the wrong things, that are living in fear, that are afraid to reach forward towards the high calling of God. I rebuke that spirit of fear in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, reveal yourself right now in a mighty way to everyone that's listening to the sound of my voice. What is in front of us right now. Reveal that right now. And if we are focusing on the wrong things, I pray that you will just help us, Lord, to remove those things, whatever they are, and to refocus our mind and our thoughts and our energy on you. For you are high price. You are the goal to know you and the power of your resurrection. Just like the Apostle Paul wrote 2,000 years ago. To know you, Lord, and the power of your resurrection. To know you, Lord. That is my prayer. That everyone that believes right now will know you more. And will know the power of your resurrection. That they'll be focused. That they'll be eagerly reaching for. Pressing towards that mark. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for what you're doing right now in our life. I just want to praise you and thank you. In the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.